Welcome to Health Tech Hustle. We exist to share stories of the brave entrepreneurs helping to solve the most important problems in digital health today. We interview top leaders in health tech and bring them onto our show each week to listen and learn from their story with your host, Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Health Tech Hustle podcast. I'm your host as always, Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by two very special guests, Ms. Kate Cordell and Ken Connect. Um, Kate is the CEO and co-founder of Opica, and Ken is the CMO and co-founder of Opica, and I'm excited to have them on, give them an opportunity to kind of share what they're working on in the healthcare space and learn a little bit more about them. So with that being said, welcome to the podcast, guys. Thanks, Rodney. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. No problem. So yeah, let's just jump into it. Kate, why don't you start off, give us a quick background of who you are, kind of how you got into this healthcare space and then throw it over to Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I actually started out at the lab bench doing uh, cell and molecular biology research uh, on mental illness and mental illnesses um, and spent some time uh, looking at that mental illness through a medical model lens, but really identified that there was more of a social component that we weren't addressing in the way that we treat mental illness. Um, so I ended up with a, getting my PhD at UC Berkeley in social welfare and then applied that experience that I had from the medical model lens and adding in that social view so that we could look at mental health and well-being more broadly through both a medical, biological, environmental, social, and psychological lens all together and really perform whole person care. So that's a little bit about my background. Yeah, and um, myself, I, I have a technology background. I've been you know, working with startups for a number of years, working in startups, managing development teams. Um, met Kate in 2016. I was uh, managing my own practice. She had her own practice. And she brought me in on a few projects that I just, uh, I was amazed of how big of a problem uh, mental health and the, the data around mental health was. And so I was you know, just fascinated uh, with, with trying to solve the problem, do what we can to, to solve this problem in mental health, which is such a big problem, especially now. Yeah. And so I can bring us forward then to how we got into the, um, the health tech space, if that would be helpful. Yeah, sure. So um, having uh, taken that lens, uh, I began to do some consulting work and realized that we were solving the same problem over and over, which is that when folks um, struggle with mental health and well-being, um, it also includes other areas in their life, like their social health, substance use, uh, physical health, and our systems are very uncoordinated. So we were doing a lot of consulting projects where we were trying to unify different systems to get a better picture so that staff could provide better care. And, but all the projects were one-off bespoke projects. And after doing a number of those, Ken and I got together and said, you know, there has to be a better solution for this. Um, you know, piecemealing information together to get a whole picture of somebody um, isn't going to work unless somebody out there creates an enterprise solution. So we set out to do that and we created um, person-centered intelligent solution, which is about taking information and coordinating around the person rather than the system, whether that system be a medical system, a behavioral health system, um, all of the systems that hold information out there are centered around the processes of the system. So we turn that on its head and we create a solution that centers around the person being served by the system so that all of that information can come together around that person. And so that's what our solution does. Nice. So pretty much you guys 
we're just doing these projects and kind of identified a pattern and kind of seen the same problem occurring that you guys are addressing and you guys didn't see any other solution out there. So you guys essentially created it yourself. Correct. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's right. Yeah. So how did you go about like testing that and getting feedback from other people and kind of niching down on what that one specific problem is. Cause I know like in healthcare, health tech, there's a million different problems that you can focus on, but what was like your guys's process of defining that one core thing that you guys wanted to focus on and tackle that? Yeah. I mean, I have the benefit of, um, I didn't mention also my background, um, not only my co-founder of um, Opika, but I was also managing director of mental health data Alliance. And that was what I did for about a decade doing that consulting work. But I'm also a uh, assistant professor at the university of Kentucky center for innovation, population health. And so through those different endeavors, I've done a lot of speaking at conferences and speaking at, um, you know, different health organizations and giving presentations. And so really what I did was I would leaf into my presentations, my ideas and get feedback from the audience over several years. Um, so I built a library of ideas and concepts that included a person's story map, um, you know, ability to have real-time flexible uh, outcomes monitoring. And over the years of doing that work, things just became came together and, and gelled. Not that folks, you know, were giving me feedback directly on my product, they were giving me feedback on my ideas. And so when I got to the point where I felt like we had a confluence of ideas, we began to build the product. And we actually built the product in less than six months. Damn. Okay, nice. And then obviously, as a CEO, as a founder, you know that you got to wear many hats, but you can't do everything yourself. And so how did you go about finding that team, like putting together that Avengers level team and bringing on people such as Ken and other members of your team? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So uh, we bootstrapped in the beginning. So like many founders, you know, we were doing the hustle of consulting over through Mental Health Data Alliance and then trying to do this in the background. And we actually got very lucky in that we got connected with a local angel uh, investor. Um, his name is uh, here in Sacramento area. His name is Roger Akers. And he was really, really instrumental in identifying pathways to get these pieces done. He was careful with us, of course, because, you know, he had to see that we had grit and that we had the right knowledge and that we knew the problem and we knew the market and we knew how to solve the problem. But slowly, uh, well, it was really, it took, a, it took a year between the time that we started working with them and the time we were to market. So I guess it wasn't slow, but as a founder, everything feels too slow, right? Because you want to do it now. So when he started working with us, um, it was January, right before the pandemic, January of 2020, we were pitching in um, the Bay Area, pitching our idea over in the Bay Area. And then, um, of course, COVID hit and that ended our, our ability to fundraise and, and pitch. Um, but we had met Roger during that process and actually Ken knew Roger from several years prior. Um, and uh, Ken, do you want to jump in and just talk oh, about yeah, that I'm, process a little yeah, bit? I just I knew of Roger. I, I consulted uh, for many years in the Sacramento area, and I met Roger through um, through my acquaintances here uh, and his work with other businesses. He had done some phenomenal work. Um, and uh, I just, uh, when Kate and I started fleshing this idea out, I knew that Roger was one of the guys I wanted to reach out to to get his feedback and advice. And, and I did. And, uh, and I'm so lucky that we did because he's been instrumental in, uh, in getting us to the point we're at. 
Yeah, so in specific answer to your question, um, we were able to pull together a technology team uh, that was January in May and uh, begin negotiating a contract with the technology team because we knew exactly what we wanted. We had um, we had a technology. Uh, a, you know, a chief technology officer as part of our team. And we knew exactly what we wanted. I had written out the very detailed design specification, more than 150 pages. We knew exactly what it was. We had prototyped out. Ken's excellent at creating um, virtual mocks, that uh, high fidelity mocks that really make the product look real. And so because we had all of that together, we were able to um, partner with a technology company that uh, invested in us as well um, and was able to begin working on that in May of 2020. So we negotiated with them. We actually met the technology partner at one of the pitches in the Bay Area. Um, so when we were pitching, we I did just kind of say out there, and, you know, we're looking for a technology partner. And so somebody did approach us and we, we partnered with them. Um, like I said, they invested in us because we had laid out exactly what we wanted. Um, we broke ground on develop, uh, beginning the development in May of 2020, and we had a beta in October 1st, and we delivered to market December 1st of 2020. Nice. Just making moves, continually <laughs> taking action. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so yeah. many things to focus on. And like you said, you guys bootstrap kind of started with a small team. Ken, you're the CMO. Kate, you're the CEO. And you kind of like steer the ship. But how do you know with all these things that you need to handle, like what to prioritize? And how do you go about managing your time and priorities, really? Well, yeah. sleep comes last. <laughs> <laughs> you sleep when you, when you can get a chance to do, to do so. But uh, yeah, we, we haven't slept a lot in the last few years. So, but it's, you know, it's fine. You know, we're, we're super passionate about what we do. And that's one of the things that really drew me into this project and with Kate, how passionate she is about, about mental health and, and solving some problems here because it is such a big problem. And uh, I was just, uh, uh, I was on board from day one. You know, I just saw how much of a need there was, how much passion there was that Kate had. And uh, we, uh, we set out to, to do this thing and do it right. Yeah. And we set up milestones, right? I mean, I don't know that we spent, we did. We have, we have milestones. We have dates for all our milestones. So like in the beginning, you know, we uh, in January, my milestone was to have to be in market by August, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, we didn't meet that milestone, but maybe I was being a little ambitious. Um, and but we were able to, you know, we didn't break ground till May on the development. So uh, so we missed the milestone, but we were still always driving at that milestone. And then it was to have um, our to, to find a customer, a beta customer was the next milestone. Once we had development going, like we need to find, we need to engage somebody to be a beta customer. We got that done. We had our beta customer engaged and signed in August. They began using the system in October. Um, we actually already had an alpha customer. I had engaged somebody on the idea and had built some of the AI on my own and implemented the AI in their environment rather than in ours. Um, so they could use uh, and test out what we were building. Um, so I had an alpha customer before we even started development. I got the beta customer uh, in August. They began using it in October. And th so then they became our first customer in December. And then it was about getting, you know, getting to five customers, getting to several customers. Um, and so we, we did that. We met that um, milestone in uh, 
March of this this year. And uh, now it's about getting a big fish. Our current milestone is getting the, you know, catching the whale. So we've got, we're, we've, we've got our proof of concept. We, we have a working product. Um, it is solving problems. We're working on creating case studies to show how it's saving money and helping people in care. And, um, and through that, we are, we are trying to, you know, solve larger and larger problems um, across the system. Thing. That's awesome. It's interesting to listen to kind of how you break it down. You mentioned having milestones and due dates. And even though you didn't hit every milestone on the exact due date, just having those in place, having those goals to kind of steer you in the right direction kind of helps keep you on pace, you know, like yeah, progress sure. is better than perfection. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, this could be towards either one of you guys, but how do you know what sort of tasks you can do yourself and when should you delegate stuff like how how do you get to that point where like if you have a technology background do you sit there and try to do as much of the tech that you can or should you delegate that from the beginning because you have higher level responsibilities to attend that's that's a great great question rodney and it's it's tough because you know as a founder um it's so you're so close to it so close to it you want to you want to do everything inherently you want to just you want to solve every problem but you know at some point you've got to you know you've got to cut the cord and, and let somebody else take some of that responsibility you know and it's it's really hard to find good people and we've been super fortunate to to have a great uh networking community of people here that we've been able to hire i brought on some really smart people that we feel comfortable with and we're able to to give them tasks and responsibilities and feel that they're going to take that and, and run with it and do the right thing. And, and uh, we, Kate and I can focus on, on some of the other tasks to, to run the business. I forgot about one of the most important milestones and that was raising seed funding. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we did have a milestone to raise seed funding and we, we were, our goal was for January of 2021 and we closed in May. Um, we, we, you know, this fu fundraising is a never ending process. Oh my goodness. It is so much work. Um, but we did close a raise of 2 million in May um, and have been able to hire and had hired in anticipation of that close. Um, we had angel investors already um, providing us on convertible notes prior to the close of that. So we were able to hire ahead of the close um, and get the, the team on. But I'd also say that we are all about processes. I mean, process, process, process. We don't, um, you know, want everything has to be repeatable. We don't want any one-offs, right? So everything we do follows a process that somebody creates. And so because we're involved in giving feedback on that process, it's so much easier to let go because you know what's going on. You know what the process is. And if you have a question, you know to ask them, you know, where in the process did this break down? If something doesn't work out. Okay. So was it, you know, step one, step two, we talked about step three and there were some limitations in step three. Is that where it broke down? And so we have the ability to communicate because we all understand what the processes are. So um, we have processes for everything. Dang, nice. It kind of reminds me of um, the movie The Founder. I recently watched that where it's like, you're not, it's not just selling a burger, like it's actual system, a step-by-step -step process to get in that burger. And like, that's the real value. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's interesting. Um, so you kind of talked about some milestones that you guys um, hit, but obviously entrepreneurship, starting a company, it's not always easy. There's some ups and downs. So can you kind of speak to, any obstacles or any moments of adversity that kind of stick out to you and so far in your journey? 
I would say early on in, in the fundraising efforts we had, you know, there were several um, opportunities that we had with, with venture capital firms. And, uh, you know, we uh, had, had to pass a few rounds because we didn't, we weren't comfortable and didn't feel like we had the right partner. So those are some, definitely some challenges. Um, we were fortunate again to, to be working with Roger, who uh, has a great network of people. And he was able to introduce us to so many great angel investors. We were able to, to kind of go that route. And because of that, we now have, you know, um, a group of angel investors that have so much knowledge in the space specific to what we're doing that we're able to, to pull uh, information from them to help us, you know, not make the mistakes that, you know, maybe they made or had seen other companies make that they were invested in. Okay. And I also have to just pull this card out and just say, you know, as being a female founder in tech, um, it, there, it, there are occasions where I'll be in a meeting and, um, you know, I'm a data scientist. I'm very technical. Um, you know, I code, um, but the, we'll, we will have meetings with some folks who just won't listen to me or won't believe me and will say, you didn't make this. You didn't do this. This wasn't you. And I'm like, yeah, it was. And they just, they will not. And so there are, there are times where we just need to pass on the conversation and on the partnership with folks because we can't get over that hurdle. Mm. So the team, like the people that you're in contact with is just important as the technology you're working with. If you That's think right. About it. Yep. Um, yep, they've got to believe in us. And that includes, you know, believing in the founders as well. Yeah, for sure. And so I feel like you guys understand the problem. You have the experience and you even have the network and the audience, really. Um, but how are you guys going about getting your message out to your target audience, the people that you know you can help? How are you bringing awareness mm-hmm. to what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We spent a weekend on that. Go ahead. The can oh, yeah. well, we're, something I'm so excited about. Well, we're, we're working on a ton of videos right now just to kind of explain the story. It's, it's uh, you know, this, this, the problem we're solving is complex. So telling the, telling the story on how we're solving it can be a little complex. So we're creating a bunch of different materials to kind of help explain uh, what we're doing and simplify it. Um, it is a complex problem. So um, we are we're currently working on uh, videos, uh, a lot of visuals, a lot of a lot of image, you know, image maps and, and uh, infographics to really kind of visually explain what it is we're doing and, and how we are acting as kind of the glue between systems in the systems of, of care. Yeah, I have to say that um, Ken will take my chicken scratches and turn them into pieces of art. So and it's the way we built the software as well. I will draw a formula, a diagram on a piece of paper with stick figures and start drawing lines between them and hand them to him. And he turns them into like amazing either software designs or workflows or media. And so we're doing the same process here now with putting together you know, what is our, our material to communicate to the public. And again, I, I mean... You know, this is what I do. <laughs> he takes it, he turns it into a video, right? We just, Dang, I, I like have, it. I have a, I keep a, a stack of printer paper on my desk and, you know, and then I draw stick figures on it and I hand it to him and, um, you know, we'll have to share with you what he creates because it's, it's pretty amazing what he can do. It's not always easy. I'm not always happy to get her stick figures. No. <laughs> he, complains. he complains a lot, but I just say, you know, what you, what you're going to end up with is going to be great. So just keep your complaining and keep more, keep going. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Definitely. Well, that's, that's why we work together so well. Um, you know, Kate is able to, to think of these brilliant things that we want to accomplish and hand me stick figures and I'm able to take it and, you know, and, and do my thing and be the creative end of that. And uh, it's really worked out well and it continues to work well. I mean, we built the software on that same model 
Uh, we actually we began our first couple of years of pitches where we're going around showing high fidelity mocks that you couldn't tell if it was, you know, uh, just pictures or the real software. So uh, we, we hit our, our roadshow was basically consisted of, of high fidelity mockups for the first few years. And then uh, we got the software built, but we've always kind of worked that way. And it's, that's the beauty of the relationship. That's awesome. And it's crazy because I like to study like other entrepreneurs and kind of see how do they get so much things done? How they're so productive. And one person I was studying was Elon Musk. Cause I was like, man, he has all these different companies. And he's like, he only does like a little bit of the thinking, but he has another person on the side who actually takes all of his ideas and runs with it and plans it out and all that. And so he's like the visionary. So that's kind of what it reminded me of UK when you're just like, yeah, I'm drawing stick figures and doodles and <laughs> Ken's over here, turn it into, into reality. And so yeah, definitely see the value of having that sort of relationship and partnership in like what you guys are building. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Ken's playing the role of the COO, the operations officer right now as well. Damn. Yeah. We all wear a lot of hats. I'm wearing my Opeka hat today, but I've got several more on the rack behind me. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, one more question I got, um, both of you guys can answer is like, what sort of advice would you have for other founders, other entrepreneurs looking to kind of start their own company and tackle the problem, especially in the healthcare industry? My biggest thing, I mean, for me, I would just say uh, networking. Um, it's really about meeting people, um, getting your name in front of as many people as possible. Because, you know, down the line, somebody may not give you the, you know, the attention up front, but, you know, six months from now, they may remember you and see that you've, you may know, accomplish a few milestones and come back and want to, want to do some work with you and give you some advice. So it's really about, you know, meeting the right people and, and uh, just building your network. It's, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. And I, and I would also have to say grit. You, you've got to really believe you have to have a mission of passion. I think in health tech, most people do. I think in other tech, you know, people are just like, when I was at Berkeley, when I was getting my uh, PhD, I was in, you know, I was in some computer science classes and there were folks there that just were looking to make an app, but they didn't care what it did as long as it would sell. Right. And I just, it's, that's going to be a hard thing um, to, I think, follow through with because you're not passionate about the mission of what the app is doing, right. You're just building an app to make money, to be another app builder or another, you know, software tech. You have to believe passionately and about the problem you're trying to solve. And then you have to be able to, um, communicate that mission, not only to yourself, but to your team and help them become passionate about it. So I would say that's my advice is get your mission down um, and, and make sure that you are so passionate about that. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're going to have a hard time leading a team to work all night um, to be passionate about it. Awesome. I think that's a great piece of advice, kind of perfect way to end the main segment of the podcast. Um, but I like to end each episode on a little lighter note. We've been covering a lot of high level topics. So I got some for you guys called the rapid fire round. So I'm just going to ask a set of questions and you guys give me whatever answer you come up with. Okay. Kate, you can answer first. Uh, question number one, what is your favorite book of all time? Oh, of all time. Um, um, I think it have to be, I know this much is true. Um, it's about um, a, a couple of uh, a bro uh, twin brothers where one had schizophrenia and one did not. And um, it really goes through, 
you know, the experiences of guilt of the one that doesn't as well as the um, experience of the one that does. And um, yeah, I think that it, it helps inspire me. Ken? Yeah, for me, it'd be uh, A Road Less Traveled by Scott Peck. Uh, definitely uh, was very inspirational for me uh, when I was uh, when I was growing up. Awesome. Number two, who's the most influential person in your life or career? I'd have to say right now, it's probably Roger Akers. As we discussed, he's been the most influential um, in terms of our ability. One thing I learned is you cannot open your own doors. Um, no matter what you do, you can pound on that door and kick on that door and lean on that door, but there's just a time where somebody else needs to open that door for you um, and make those introductions. And it just, it goes so much smoother. So Roger's opened a lot of doors for us. He's been extremely influential. I don't know if we would be here without him. Um, I can tell you, we wouldn't be here without him. I mean, he's been, he's been that influential. Um, so he's on, he's on my list too. I would also add Kate is, uh, is a person. Oh, yeah. shout out to Roger. Been mentioned <laughs> a couple of times throughout this interview. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, number three, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Oh boy. That's our next milestone. Um, you know, I already talked about, uh, definitely wanting to do a system of care or a cross agency implementation. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that would be, that would be my goal is to really coordinate care across the system, um, and be able to demonstrate that with real data. I think my goal is as a marketing guy, um, one thing I want to do is have you know more people know our name. I mean, I want us to uh, you know be in the mix when people are talking about conversations about how to solve this problem. I want our name to be uh, in that conversation. So that's big for me. Awesome. And then last but not least, what is one piece of advice you would give to your twenty year old self? Okay, so to my twenty year old self, I think I would say, um, believe, you know, believe in yourself. I think, I think when I was younger, um, it, you know, I think I always had so much energy and passion and I don't know that in the, the people that I was surrounded by had that level of energy and passion or never appreciated it or maybe didn't appreciate it. And so it always made me feel, uh, like what's wrong with me? Why am I, you know, why am I so, I think I find your people. I would have said like, you know, if you don't feel like you fit in because you have all this energy and passion, find other people who have share your energy and passion um, be, instead of trying to fit in, in, um, in with the crowd that, you know, it's not that it's not your, it's not you, it's, it's the crowd you're around. Um, so I think when I was younger, I just tried to, you know, to fit in and now well, now I don't. Now I don't. Now I just surround myself with people who are more like me. Nice. And for me, it's uh, it's definitely do what you love. I mean, what what makes you want to get out of bed every day? You you got to do what you're passionate about. You do what you love. I mean, uh, you may not. You know, a lot of people will take jobs just because they they maybe don't have faith in, in their their ability to go out and hustle and, and do it themselves. But don't lose that faith. I mean, hustle. Uh, I hustled for years. I worked uh, I worked four jobs when I was in college. I mean. I, I was just, you know, making ends meet and, and paying my own way. And uh, you just keep hustling and uh, it will work out. So, you know, you got you to make sure that you, you follow a path that you're passionate about. Absolutely. Awesome. I think that's a perfect way to end today's episode. Excellent piece of advice. Hustle. You know, the theme around the whole podcast, Hell Tech Hustle. 
Um, so before we go, though, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about you, learn more about Opika? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can visit us on our website. It's opika.com. That's O-P-E-E-K-A.com. Or you can email us at info at opika.com. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include those resources in the those links in the resources section. But with that being said, Kate, Ken, just want to thank you guys again for jumping on and sharing your story, sharing your journey and uh, how you guys are going about tackling the mental health problem in the healthcare space. So thank you. Thank yeah, you, Rodney. Appreciate, so appreciate it. All right. Catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Health Tech Hustle with Rodney Hu, founder of 209 Digital. Tune in next week for another interview with an expert leader in digital health.